Welcome everyone to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the film review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast and review a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing about movies since we were in high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation about relevant cinema from honest, real people. Um, I am here with my good buddy, Nick Moffitt. What's up, everyone? And my name is Sean Bowlby. Uh, I'm here in Seattle, and uh, Nick is up in Everett, Washington. Um, yeah, Washington, represent. Mm-hmm. Got to. We're the only ones here who can. Right. Um, uh, yeah, today we're going to be reviewing a movie called uh, The Father, a uh, new film nominated for Best Picture. Um, it just kind of came out in theaters. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about um, the Best Picture nominees. Um, we're yeah, going mean, to do a real quick ranking um, and see what we think of the Best Picture noms. So, I feel like we yeah. should say up front, though, real quick, that like the reason we're doing this is because the the rankings are, or the the Best Picture nominees are finally all together, right? Yeah. Like the father feels like we've been waiting forever for the father to come out. Maybe not forever, mm -hmm. but. Um, it's like we're in this weird nebulous zone where the Academy Awards would have already happened and all the movies would have already came out. And this and Judas and the Black Messiah both are like 2021 movies. Mm -hmm. Like they're they both were released in this yeah. gray area where I don't know. I, I don't know if we decided or not, but are you going to consider this a 2021 movie or a 2020 movie? Well, so I think um, I'm going to consider it just because I hadn't seen it yet uh for our top 10 list i'm just going to consider it a 2021 movie uh same with judas and the black messiah uh yeah. i think i had seen judas and the black messiah but at the time i had, didn't even realize that it was um even up for um this year's best picture and well, I, I when we made when we made our top 10 mm -hmm. when we made our top 10 uh the best picture nominees were not out yeah. yet so, um, yeah, we didn't know about this or Judas and the Black Messiah. And I had in my head that Judas and the Black Messiah was absolutely 2021. I mean, mm -hmm. it, yeah, me it was too. available on HBO Max mm -hmm. first, you yeah. know, and uh, I think the father wasn't available in theaters at the same time as a, but even before it was available online. So it's a little bit different, but um, it's just the strange thing about this gray zone. And um, I, I don't know if it's fair to include it as a, as a, as a 2021 or 2020, but um, I think, I think it, you know, you can do whatever you yeah, want. It's you want. the year is clearly 2021. So, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why don't, uh, why don't we jump into it? What are you, what are your thoughts on the um, best picture nominees? Do you have, well, yeah, I mean, I actually thought this year's nominees, I thought they were all pretty good. I thought this, I was actually really happy with these nominees. You know, there there weren't any huge, like, big budgeted movies. Um, I think all of them were kind of more of an indie flair. Um, I don't. I also don't think there were too many, like, really, truly, like, safe picks. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the Academy Awards usually uh, has a few movies where you roll your eyes and you go, oh, yeah, of course they nominated that one, you know, like... Mm -hmm. You know, the, that's the one for that crowd, you know, and yep. I honestly didn't think that this year had really any of those. I mean, maybe the trial of Chicago seven is, is one of those. Yeah, and, it's close. You know, of course, 
of course mank is like the oh yeah hollywood loves hollywood but like mm-hmm. even that movie is like a lot weirder than yeah definitely um, yeah the typical um you know movie about hollywood mm-hmm. type movie so like your la la uh, land yeah or um the artist or something mm-hmm. even though i guess the artist was kind of weird too but you know the just i don't know i just didn't think that this year's um nominees were um as eye rolly or as awards baity as other years and to me it was like evidence that there are plenty of good movies out you know just because the theaters were closed there are plenty of good movies out you just Mm -hmm. need to like know where to look and hey that's that's why we got shows like this right yeah exactly Do, do you have any thoughts of what you think may have been nominated for best picture if um if we weren't in covid uh are there any movies that you think may have come out um, last year that i think the obvious have, one is dune may have had a chance <clears throat> to be nominated and that that would be a really cool even, one as a big budget that, sci-fi that, yeah but that's such a genre movie though like mm-hmm. the academy awards typically has a hard time nominating genre like true genre movies like that yeah and you know, horror movies like blade they runner are, didn't, 2049 didn't get yeah, nominated did or did it? did it no no not best picture so. probably best cinematography but yeah but yeah why yeah, don't we I... jump into our rankings what what are your uh okay do you want me to go first yeah why don't you go first okay um my number eight was trial of the chicago seven i liked it but i definitely think it was number eight uh seven was mank same as well you know i, I liked mank a lot probably more than most people but i also had it number seven um i had the father at number six so um you know kind of kind of low a little bit but that's just how it is mm-hmm. um number five i had promising young women number four minari number three the sound of metal number two jews and the black messiah i loved that movie so yeah. pretty high um and then number one was no man land wow yeah um i thought for a second we may be uh we may be dead on with your first two picks, but then we, we went, it all went awry. Um, dramatically. Yeah. Dramatically. Uh, so yeah, my number eight was trial of Chicago seven. Number seven was Mank, And I pretty much feel the exact same way about, uh, that you do about those two movies. Um, but yeah, then I did, uh, nomad land at six, uh, Minari at number five, Judas and the black Messiah at number four, the Father at number three, Promising Young Woman at number two, and The Sound of Metal, I think would be really, actually any of these movies would be really cool to see win, but I think particularly Sound of Metal. Yeah, I mean, honestly for me, like I would be a little disappointed if Mank or Trial of Chicago 7 won. Mm-hmm. Not even for like, not even for like my sake, but I feel like the conversation around both those movies would be pretty annoying. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, the, those are the two that I mentioned earlier as like the typical Academy movies. Yeah. So like if any of our one through sixes actually won, it'd be like, Oh hell yeah. yeah like that definitely. movie won. Mm-hmm. It was a weird year guys, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Um, I do think no bad land's going to win. I think that's the front runner. That's right what now. everyone's saying. Um, um, so, I mean, I could saying. be wrong. I, I really, mm-hmm. do, I don't really have my pulse on it right now, but, yeah. um, that's my front runner. Mm-hmm. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts about, um, these movies? Uh, 
do you oh i have so many thoughts yeah. uh do you want to spend another uh 30 40 minutes on this yeah uh, maybe we, i mean our episodes used to be two hours long sometimes so maybe we could deep dive but maybe yeah. we should move on um, yeah i think i say we move on maybe we'll do a special episode later on for mm-hmm. the academy awards or something yeah and maybe yeah maybe or... we'll do a um uh, our usual challenge and, and see who wins the best or who, who pit has the most picks. Um, yeah, I for, think that'd be really fun winners. if we did that. So oh. um, Academy Awards is in a month or so. So well, we could talk about that later next month or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's... I am pretty, I'm, I'm pretty eager to talk about this very sad movie. Yeah. With you. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, so, yeah. I don't know what my face is supposed to look like while we're talking about this movie because, uh-huh. uh, you know, I like to smile and be encouraging of uh-huh. our good discussion. But, yeah. man, this movie, um, this movie is pretty sad. Yeah, this movie was something. Um, so, yeah, uh, the movie that we picked this week is called The Father. It kind of just came in, came out. Um, I saw it in theaters. Where did you see it, Nick? Did I watched it at home. Video on demand, just... just um, did you just rent yeah, it? Yeah, it's a it's it's a twenty dollar premium rental okay. right now, so that's um that's the way to watch watch it at home. Cool. Um, which you know is a lot of money, but you know that's just uh the way of the game a little bit. If yeah. you're not ready to go to the theater or mm-hmm. um have the availability to go to the theater. Yeah, and if you watch it with just two people, it's it's cheaper than a movie ticket. So, um yeah, the it's directed by Florian Zeller, um starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. Uh, The plot description, IMDb plot description, is a man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. Uh, As he tries to to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. Um, Yeah. Um, So I was not ready for this movie. Um. I uh, actually have been riding my bike to the theater um, somewhat frequently and um, going to see a movie and then riding my bike home. Uh, I go up to <clears throat> Alderwood typically. Um, and I've really been enjoying that. And I didn't know a ton about this movie going into it. Um, I kind of figured that it was about um, aging and um, perhaps dementia of some kind. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is hoarse from that ride home today. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, so I didn't really know a ton about it, and it, but it just it took me so off guard, um, and mainly because this is the subject matter that this movie deals with, which is Alzheimer's and dementia, um, is something that I and my family and my my parents have been dealing with um, for the last um, several years now uh, as uh, the disease, disease has, was progressing in my grandma. Um, and we actually just lost my grandma in, um, <clears throat> in January on actually January 6th, a uh, pretty infamous day for everyone. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, and it was, you know, it, it um, there were some, so yeah, that that's kind of what we've been going through for for a while now. 
Um, and so for the last several years, couple of years, especially um, since she moved up here, um, she had been living in California for the last 35 years or so. And um, as the Alzheimer's progressed far enough, um, my parents moved her up here and lived with them up in, up in Marysville. And it's been really good for, for everyone, but I really got to see firsthand a lot of um, what Alzheimer's is all about. And particularly, you know, hearing stories from my parents who were there all the time with her. Um, and um, I really have to say that this, or um, over all the, during that time, I had really been starting to think about the mindset of someone going through Alzheimer's and how that really, that experience um, really is. Um, what is that, that experience like? Um, because there's, there's so many things that you just, it's so hard to understand where the, the mindset is coming from. Um, one that, one thing that kind of pops into my head is that, um, he, and, and a lot of them are, are kind of funny and, and maybe even a little cute. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you kind of have to take it a little lightheartedly, but, um, one was my, my grandma would always talk about the, the old lady that my parents forced to, uh, do housework and, and clean up the dishes. And, and there's like this little old lady around the house who my parents make her carry like these, uh, big, heavy stacks of dishes around the house. Um, and it's just, there's so many things where are like, where does that come from? Um, Another one is like she would always talk about um, that man who who works outside in the in over across the across the street, which I can only assume is is me coming over and I, I would work out in the garage doing woodworking. And, um, you know, she kind of and just like trying to understand the mindset of all that is is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, I remember, uh, I remember your mom telling me, um, about how she would watch our podcast mm -hmm, yeah. on the TV and then she would talk about how she like knows those people mm -hmm. and like, but like they were famous people kind yeah. of to her or yeah. something. I can't remember the full story, but it was like a cute moment of yeah. her watching you guys, but then like talking about how she knows you and uh -huh. stuff. And yeah. Um, and then even another one, uh, she would watch the podcast and, she would almost forget that she was watching a video and she thought she was watching like a video conference or something like, and so she would like respond to us and talk to us as if um, she was on a zoom call or, or FaceTime or something, but she had probably gotten used to at that point. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's just, there's really a lot to this disease. Um, and there's a lot of experiences that I could uh, and I could get into, and I'll probably get into a few more of them as we talk about this movie. Um, but anyways, get get back to the movie here. Um, this movie absolutely destroyed me. I was I was not ready for this movie. Um, I cried once during this movie. I and then I uncontrollably um ugly bald um you know devastatingly bald during some parts of this movie 
Um, and then on my ride home, um, after leaving this, you know, I, ha I had to like kind of take, take some time to, to recenter myself and, and on the ride home, um, I was, you know, kind of going home on the inner urban trail and to the, to the West, the sun was setting over the Olympic mountains and, you know, just everything coming back and thinking about the movie and everything that my family had been going through. And, um, yeah, I, I cried again on the way home. Um, this is something that I, I mean, I, I definitely cry in movies during movies and, um, I enjoy a good movie cry, but this was definitely something different. And, um, it really is because of the unique vision of this movie and the unique way that this movie, um, deals with its Alzheimer's and, um, in really getting into the question of what that experience is like um, from the perspective of the, the Alzheimer's patient. Um, and um, yeah, um, I, I could get into why, why don't we, um, yeah, Why don't I mean, you, uh, you you say what are you, what were your thoughts going into the movie and what I mean, what do you Sean, know? thanks for I really do like thank you for sharing um you know the personal story of this I I always like on podcasts and our show too and we talk about personal stuff but this especially I mean I hear you like I I I wouldn't be able to not talk about how personal about your personal experience, especially how you guys literally just went through um you know you just lost your grandmother just few months ago and mm -hmm. i just know that she was such a big part of your guys life and like grandma trudy like you guys mm -hmm. always talk about her and you know just seeing your family like rally around her not just you guys but like your extended family too when she moved up here it was like really really special so um yeah i mean um and i i haven't really seen too much of that firsthand um little bits you know and i've i've been i was in social work for a long time so i saw like um sort of some of the memory stuff but i that wasn't really my clientele as much so you know um i i really thought this movie totally captured it though even though like even though i wasn't even though i don't have that experience man this movie this movie really like it really showed that perspective it um <laughs> honestly um this i i thought this could have been a horror movie like mm -hmm. just how this movie was framed and um how it was stylized like it i i wasn't expecting that you know i was kind of i honestly wasn't really looking forward to this movie because i was just expecting it to just be like a regular drama i was mm -hmm. like okay here yeah. we go like here's a drama with um anthony hopkins getting old you know okay mm -hmm. and i knew it was gonna be about um you know dementia or alzheimer's they actually don't i don't think they say in the movie exactly what it is but mm -hmm. um I, I was kind of, um, I, I was, I was just expecting a sad movie. Um, what I wasn't expecting was how, um, disorienting the movie was, mm -hmm. you know, the movie, um, stylistically kind of reminded me of Memento, mm -hmm. you know, where, um, yeah, the cuts, yeah. Like the way the movie is cut and put together is purposefully jarring you know i mean the thing about memento is that there's like a there's a structure to the movie that's very it's it's like a bell curve kind mm -hmm. of you know it's uh, yeah. this this you know they 
edits together. But, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, this movie, you have to give tremendous credit to, um, the, I want, I mean, I want to say the editor, Mm -hmm. um, who funny enough, the name is, uh, Yorgos Lampton Lampimos, which is incredibly similar to the famous director. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fountain, the lobster and stuff, Mm -hmm. not the fountain favorite, but, um, but also like, you know, the editor just like, you know, he cuts and pastes and I mean, he does the pacing of it and the pacing in this movie was fantastic, but like also like the writing was, must've been really tight as well because, um, you know, the movie, the the style of the movie, it's like, you know, something, the scene is going on, you know, there's Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Colman are talking to each other and then kind of like one of them leaves the room and then like, bam anthony hopkins is like in another place and Mm -hmm. time and you don't know where that place and time is and he doesn't know either and it's it's incredibly disjarring like it's just just jarring you know like you Mm -hmm. have as as the audience as like this is like the first thing in the movie and you're you're just twisted right along with him Mm -hmm. you know where oh i thought i thought this was somewhere else you know and um the whole movie is is like that um and you you kind of get used to it as it goes along a little bit but uh still you yeah. have to like put the pieces together which uh-huh. i think i think at a point you kind of as an audience member you kind of get further along than him you kind of probably more uh understand where olivia coleman's coming from and stuff um like you know, more understand her but still um i i was not expecting that um that the movie being able to emulate that feeling of being so disoriented as well as it, as well as it did. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I really feel like the movie at any point, it, it is really making you question where you are and um, is any, who anyone is. And um, are you all of a sudden going to, to jump into a different place in time. Um, are you going to be, gosh, you know, that's what I mean. Like, that's why I mean that this could have been a horror movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it was a drama, like this wasn't a horror movie, but like, you know, and again, last year we had relic, which was kind of mm-hmm. about this yeah. subject matter, but as a horror movie framed as a you know uh-huh. genre movie. But this this was like just from that perspective of like not knowing where you are and like that concept could have been just slightly altered and have been like just just based on terror mm-hmm. instead of drama yeah and man like like just because just thinking about it like it's it's incredibly scary and it's frustrating mm-hmm. and like you understand why people who are going through that get angry and mm-hmm. um not even sadness like the thing that i kept thinking about was like the pride that people have you know anthony hopkins his character in the movie actually is named anthony so i'm just gonna start calling him anthony you know he was um very uh proud you know he was he he lived his whole life uh in his flat you know they owned and he lived a well life and we don't know too much about it beforehand but you know you get the sense that he like you know lived a full life and then he's starting to just lose it and he can't explain why and he can't explain what's happening and it's like it's just all of a sudden you lose control and Mm -hmm. you're 
by the time you realize it's happening, it's like you don't have the wherewithal to like let go of your pride and to like yeah. you know let it go or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, and it, and it really is because you don't understand, um, and it's it really is kind of like just imagine all you know you're just kind of sitting there and all of a sudden there's like someone in your house and you know they're they're in your house it's getting kind of like this is kind of something that that um i experienced a lot with my grandma you're you're kind of sitting there and and there's someone in your your house you think they're i i guess you assume they're a guest um they're talking to you and they recognize you but you don't really know who they are. So you're like, oh, they must be a neighbor or I don't know who they are. Someone, maybe my husband knows them. And all right, it's getting kind of late. Are you going to, what, what's your plan? Oh, no, you're, we're, we live here. This is, what do you mean? This is, no, I've been living here for, you know. And it really is, just literally imagine yourself today. Like you're sitting in your house right now. Imagine if there was just someone in your house refusing to leave and i mean i i feel like could because this this was a such a recurring thing with my grandma it that really has to be the mindset that they that they are in in that moment um and yeah, the, yeah. i mean the great thing about this movie is really i feel like almost everything that this movie did is something I directly experienced with my grandma. Um, the um, the feeling that that he was in his own flat and that his daughter was trying to take his flat away from him it is literally something that I experienced with my grandma. It was a it was a big fight between my grandma and my mom, um, and you know. My grandma was crying and she couldn't believe that her own daughter was taking was was moving in and taking her house away from her, you know, and when she's up here living at my my parents house um, and yeah, um, again, so many so much of this movie was directly um, things that I experienced Um and, you know, I, I guess I just I, I can't emphasize how how accurate this movie is with, with that respect. Um, yeah. It, were there any scenes that really stood out to you? And actually, one one thing I was was kind of curious about to to hear from other people is does does some of this movie seem far fetched to any to to people? Does any of it? At any point, were you watching it, and f- do you feel like it's a little far fetched, or? Well, um, you know, just real quick, uh, are we, uh, are we doing spoilers? Like, should we get into like details like I, that? Um, I think the we talked about those three things. Well, yeah. Why don't we jump into spoilers? Clearly, I mean, if I think everyone has a good idea of of our feelings about this movie, it's really, really good. Um, I ha- we we both highly recommend that you go see the movie. Um, so why don't, why don't you guys go see the movie and then, uh, jump back into this review. Um, and we'll talk about spoilers from here. Um, yeah, I mean, so Sean, like, uh, I don't know about far fetched, but so real quick, one thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, how 
you were talking about how um, someone's living at your house or whatever. There's mm -hmm. there's an early scene where um, Anthony is talking to a guy and she doesn't really know who the guy is. He mm -hmm. doesn't really know who the guy is. And then uh, his daughter, like, oh, here she is. She's just getting back from the store. She bought chicken. And mm -hmm. she walks in and um, he doesn't recognize her. It's not but Olivia she, Coleman. Right. It's not yeah. Olivia Coleman. So, like, like, there's a good reason to not recognize her for mm -hmm. the audience as well. But... Um, it's played by she's played by Olivia Williams. And like, again, I think it's perfect casting because I think they look, I do think they look kind of alike, you mm -hmm. know, they like they, and we're, we're far enough. We're not very far into the movie. So, you know, I had to like kind of catch myself and be like, Oh yeah, that, that I know what Olivia Coleman looks like. That's not her, but I think they made it look like her kind of on purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, you kind of had to like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know, that's not her. That, that's, you know, you kind of check yourself. Um, the the only part that like i wonder um i don't want to say far-fetched but the only part i wonder is um kind of just how the ending built up to like an ending you know like the ending sort of um he ends up like the end of the movie he ends up that he's like in a hospital mm -hmm. and he's like or it's like a, a nursing home yeah. yeah he's like in a home and um I, um, the way that kind of built into like that kind of built up, um, was like, it was almost as if like the movie was like telling the story of like four years of his life mm -hmm. or something. And then you got to a point where, um, he was like, okay, I'm at the hospital and, oh, that, that lady from the chicken place is Olivia Williams and she's my nurse. And that guy in the living room was, um, her uh you know another nurse mm -hmm. and uh i don't want to say that's not believable i just like you know that's that's a big jump almost you know that's like that's so i don't my my the one thing i would say about that is i don't think that you are supposed to understand or, or like there it's not supposed to be conclusive i don't think you are supposed to think that the that the nurse was um, from that original scene, if that makes sense. I, you aren't supposed to think that those two people were in that scene. I think it was like the second or third scene of the movie where where uh, she walks in and, and he doesn't recognize. You aren't supposed to think that he was already in the home at that point. Is that what you're thinking? And that he was well, actually I, I, seeing I those? don't know. I don't know, but like as we're talking about it, I'm kind of like wondering, like mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering if maybe the whole movie, like he was in the home, you know, if like if in the whole movie he was kind of reliving those memories or something. I don't you know think I, mean? like, I don't think it was anything like that. It really was the way that it, it's it's trying to get you to experience the way a human brain experiences memories and reality. Um, as it's going as it's progressing through Alzheimer's and he has a recognition of these people um, and that recognition is is brought on by past experiences but you're who whose face you're associating with these different memories um, and uh, is is um very I, I think is very um 
challenging um, with Alzheimer's. Um, obviously, many times my grandma would mistake um, would mistake my uncle for her husband. Um, she would mistake me for someone else. She would even like be talking to my mom, um, her daughter, and uh, be talking about Linda, her daughter. My mom's name is Linda. And then my mom would say, no, I'm Linda, I'm your daughter. And she said, no, I know, I know. I'm talking about my other daughter, Linda. And then she, mm -hmm. do you have, and it's just like, there's the way that you're, that, I, I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist, you know, I have a very uh, incredibly limited understanding of this, but the way your brain recognizes faces and associates memories with those faces is completely uh, put into a tumble, <laughs> into a yeah. in, into a tumble machine. Um, and so I think in that scene, the fact that th that we recognize those faces from earlier in the movie, it doesn't mean that th those were the same people from earlier. That that it's really just completely messing with your ability to recognize people and to associate memories with those people um, is the way that's the way I understood it. Um, yeah, I just, you know, they could have cast anyone in there. Um, uh -huh. I, so you don't think it was purposeful that they had like the nurse, like that wasn't supposed to be like a big reveal of some sort. It no, I don't that. think, I think it was just like throughout the movie, they would, bring in different actors into different scenes um to throw you i think that really was um just like a just a person or whatever. yeah like, I, I mean i think in that the was... credits in the credits um olivia williams is listed as woman and mm -hmm. i can't remember the guy's the actor's name but he's just listed as man so mm -hmm. it's like they could be like you know fill-ins yeah that sort of thing um for multiple for a lot of different people you know and it really is it's just he because he in that scene that ending scene he recognized them there was like who is i recognize that person but he probably recognized him from the day before but isn't able to really pull up those memories and so he's trying to bring that recognition somewhere and it's making these odd connections that aren't that a, a normal brain wouldn't um wouldn't make um and that's that's kind of one of the brilliant things of the movie is how it it really it it makes you question uh, um that reality that he is experiencing and i don't think there's supposed to be a well-defined series of events that um i mean we could just take the paris thing um I mean, if you try to track that logically, there is no logical tracking of that where um, where she's in the opening scene, she says she's going to move to Paris. Um, and, you know, he says, that's ridiculous. They don't even speak English there, which is a really cute um, reoccurring um, reoccurring line that he says throughout the movie. Um, but when did that scene happen? When did... Because and then later on, he says he says she's going to Paris and she's like, what? Well, I'm not going to Paris. Where, where do you get that? He's been saying that 
all week. Why does he think? And then, and then other things too, like she like talks like he he she's gonna go to Paris to live with a man. Yeah, but she's also she's been divorced for five years, mm-hmm. and then like a couple scenes later, her her husband is there living at the house, and um, you know, I mean, I. Sean, don't get me wrong. I didn't think that the movie was necessarily trying to, um, you know, tie everything together, you know, like the same way, like a movie like Memento would be, mm-hmm. you know, Memento is supposed to be like a tightly packaged, like, yeah. Hey, everything makes sense. There is order to this. Um, this movie, you know, when I watched it, I was thinking this is purposefully chaotic. You mm-hmm. know, they are disorienting you on purpose to, uh, emulate that experience. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I guess I was just bringing up the um, culmination of the ending because I guess I was wondering if you thought there was a sort of culmination if they tied everything together. But I mean, I'm with you. I don't think that there, there, there really was, um, because yeah, like the the movie just skipped around too much, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it yeah. was pretty much like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it really is. It, it's about, yeah. I can't keep coming back to this. It's about him. The, the, the state of his brain and him trying to put the pieces together that his brain isn't able to bring together. And so like in those early scenes when he's talking about Paris and she's like, why, why do you keep talking about Paris? It, it, I mean, obviously it doesn't make sense if she hasn't even talked about Paris, moving to Paris. Why would he be bringing up the Paris when she does later on end up moving to Paris? So how does that work? It, it It's more about she may have like mentioned uh, going on a trip at some point and he says and uh, or, or maybe he picked that up from somewhere else and he brings that up and she says no I'm not going to I'm not going to Westchester no I'm not going to do and then like but then later on when he knows that she's going to Paris that she's in Paris or that when it's brought up that she's has gone to Paris or she's going to Paris He's confused because he thought she said she wasn't going to Paris, whereas like the conversation from much earlier is no, it was this was a conversation about West. I don't know. I don't know. English towns West or or, uh, Manchester. Uh, She's not going to Manchester. It was this conversation about not going to Manchester, whereas now he when she's moving to Paris, he is saying from a, a long time ago that you had said that you're not going to Paris if that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying that. Yeah, I mean, that may the, not the, be... that's not in the, of the movie though. Yeah. I mean, like that's, uh, that's not like a thing that, you know, the movie, the movie isn't built in that way where mm-hmm. it, there's, there, there was a previous conversation about going to Paris or, or going anywhere. Like the mm-hmm. movie is, is kind of, kind of on that one track. Like you're just kind of following his experience mm-hmm. and it's like, he's just kind of reliving his memory a little bit, but it's like, it's like he's walking through it mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, right? I exactly. Mean, it's, it's not like that there wasn't another trip necessarily, but mm-hmm. um, there was, um, and that there was an ex-husband and yeah. the ex-husband did treat him poorly mm-hmm. and they didn't get along, but, and then they did. And then Anne played by Olivia Coleman, they got divorced and you don't see all the details of that, but they, you can put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And the... Yeah, that, that comes back to the, um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, 
Yeah. Anyways. I kept, yeah. I, I kept thinking that. So um, at some point, uh, Mogan Poots is her name. She she shows up to be the one of the new caretakers. Yeah. And again, like this thing that the caretaker keeps like coming back and, you know, you don't know at what point she's like at, at some point a caretaker leaves. Like that's like the beginning of the movie is that like, caretaker leaves. And I, I got the sense of that kind of like started this whole thing mm-hmm. like not maybe not the whole not maybe not the whole dementia thing but like started like i don't know the track of him winding up at the hospital again i don't know if the movie is supposed to be like a journey in that sense i think the movie is i don't even want to say metaphorical but i think it is working on another level where it's it's more about the experience mm-hmm. rather than the plot yeah. and i think um, like but, you can um you know in hindsight looking at the movie you can kind of track, you know, and make maybe make some guesses, but you can kind of track a series of events that yeah. is likely to have happened. Um, yeah. But the way he is experiencing everything is is uh, very turned around and and um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I kept thinking that she, that she was maybe going to turn into or turn out to be um, the other daughter, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Olivia Coleman had a sister and he talks about her often and it's not revealed until the end that she had died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. But, um, I kept thinking that maybe she was going to turn out to be, um, I don't know, um, be her or something like yeah. he was like, that was going to be like, uh, he had her image in his head or something, but she just turned out to be his caretaker. And I mean, I just wanted to say she's a great actress. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she's going to be something in years to come. She just has like a look about her. Um, so, uh, yeah. And Mugen boots. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and just all across the board, uh, incredible performances and obviously particularly Anthony Hopkins. Um, you have anything uh, you wanted to say about, is there a, a scene that, particularly stood out obviously the 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 final scene of the movie is uh for me a groundbreaking perform you know a a game-changing performance but is there anything else that uh that stood out out to you um yeah i mean the two scenes that i wanted to mention were there was a scene where the ex-husband kind of got physical with Mm -hmm. me he slapped him around and it was a it's a pretty rough scene to watch. Um, I mean, elder abuse happens and it's extremely disturbing. And, um, you know, I think what made that scene extra disturbing was how confused Anthony was, you know, and mm-hmm. I mentioned pride earlier. I think pride is a huge factor with this, this mental disorder. And um, I think that when, Anthony tried to stand up to him. You know, he was kind of like, "Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna take this. You can't talk to me that way." Because he was talking down to him. He, the ex-husband, said something like, "How long are you gonna stay here bothering us?" Mm-hmm. Sort of a thing. And, yeah. You know, it's like, who talked? You know, it's it, very rude. But part part of me has to say, like, it does. It probably does take incredible patience to to live with and maintain this sort of relationship with people that are going through this that no excuse for someone to talk to someone this way though like this guy mm-hmm. was total asshole mm-hmm. and then uh you know anthony guy tried to stand up to him and then the guy slapped him around and it was like it was pretty upsetting and olivia coleman then came in she didn't see the slapping but i think you know i think she put it together and i think that's why they got um 
mm-hmm. divorced. You know, they don't really they don't really say it directly, but I'm pretty sure that's what led to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, basically the end of the movie, you know, the end. Um, I, I tried to find the quote, but I couldn't find it. But, um, you know, Anthony is kind of having a breakdown at the hospital. He's kind of realizing where he's at and what's happening. And he he says something like, I feel like I'm losing all of my leaves. Yeah, yeah. that was and, such uh, a great line. Yeah. And the nurse is kind of like, what are you talking about? And, you know, we've been watching this whole movie and, you know, you get the sense that the, you know, the, the branch, the branch, you know, not the branch, but like, you know, the tusk of a tree and the, the branches that come out, like, that's kind of like, you know, your body or like the, the spine of who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and then the leaves are like all the details and all the memories and like the, mm-hmm. the, the experiences that make you who you are. And, him saying that, you know, was just kind of like, he's, he's losing all of those experiences. He's mm-hmm. losing all those pieces. Yeah. They're just kind of floating away in the breeze. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And he's, he, you know, he's trying to hold on to it. Like, yeah, that's, that's such a great metaphor. You're trying to hold on to these pieces, but every time anything changes, you're just losing more and, um, everything's making less and less sense. And, um, yeah, that that was a truly powerful scene, um, it, <clears throat> and you know I, <laughs> I have to say I was crying so hard that I kind of missed some of the scene too. Yeah, um, don't blame you. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it you was a the final shot was um, was trees. It uh-huh. was like leaves. Yeah, trees. definitely. Um, yeah, and how it all just kind of comes together with with his daughter, with Olivia Coleman, and then Olivia Coleman's sister, and um, kind of how you start piecing things together, um, I think was really incredible writing. Um, one scene that that um, um, I really liked that really kind of th- threw me off and like kind of showed that the movie was doing something even different from uh, itself uh, was the scene where he walks into the kitchen and Olivia Coleman and her husband are having a fight. And then he's kind of listening and watching them and and they realize that he's there. Then they say, okay, come on and sit down. And he sits down and he's eating dinner with them. And, and there, there's a lot going on in the conversation. Um, You know, a lot of subtext going on. And uh, he kind of says, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get some more dinner. And so then he like stands up and and walks out of the room and gets more dinner. And then it sticks with Olivia Coleman and the husband and they start having a conversation again and they start getting into a fight. And then slowly you start to realize that they're having the same fight that they were having in the beginning of the scene. And, um, and then Anthony Hopkins kind of walks in and then they notice him and like the scene kind of starts over. And I thought was such a brilliant, um, kind of sequence of events that like really threw me off, um, in a really interesting way. Uh, and yeah, just, all the dynamics of that scene, all the little subtext and all the, all the um, little subtleties of the performances was, was something that really stood out to me. Um, Great movie. Yeah. Really, really something special. Um, 
really a fascinating movie. Um, it's something I that mean, I, um, I would say Anthony Hopkins would like definitely deserves to win best actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want him to just because yeah. I know he's won in the past. I kind of, you know, yeah. like uh, kind of like when the awards go to people who haven't won before. Yeah. For, you know, I mean, my reasons. my attitude kind of going into it was was exactly the same. It would be I assumed he would put out a stellar performance. You know, it's yeah. you can just make that assumption. But then, like, once I saw this movie, I was just like, <sighs> any other you know any anyone else to win would almost just be a little dishonest i feel like that was truly a an incredible performance um some of the best acting i've ever seen in my life yeah Um, and it's it's like it's it's tough just because um I feel like the only fault of this movie really is that the subject matter is just so hard mm-hmm. to like ever want to rewatch it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like it's mm-hmm. like too real. It's no fun. It's just really yeah. upsetting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I mean I will say um, I found some catharsis in it. Um, I there was um, I didn't hate my the experience. I will also say it was 90 minutes. It was, you know, just over 90 minutes. So it doesn't like really it doesn't hold you down in that moment in that you know, really depressing um sadness all encompassing right. like, sadness would, for an excessive would, amount of time. I wouldn't call this like depression porn or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've definitely seen more like straight up like sad yeah. movies you know but again like the subject matter is just so tough you know it's just so like unsettling and yeah i mean it's it's deeply sad so i don't know i don't really yeah. know what i'm saying except uh, like, i i've really been struggling to whether i want whether or not i want to um recommend this movie to my parents and my family um i mean you could show them this review yeah (laughs) yeah i mean part of me wants to say like it it really is a it's a cathartic experience um to to kind of relive a lot of that and relive it from that from the the perspective of uh an alzheimer's patient and um but on the other hand it it could be too much it was it was a lot to you know to handle and um yeah it might not be something that my family would want to go through. <laughs> right. No. Maybe not right away. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So yeah, that's the movie. Um I I I highly recommend it if you can um if that interests you at all. Uh I I think it's it's well worth watching. It's I think it's well worth the um the sadness, the uh the intensity of the movie. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, take it or leave it. See, um, see it or don't. Um, yeah. So Sean, I I mean, personally for me, I think that every movie, uh, I think you should seek out every best picture nominee. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a movie person like this year, especially like seek out those movies, Mm -hmm. but, um, what would you, what would you star rate this one? I, I straight up gave it five stars. I, I mean, and you. you know, it could in part be. Um, you know That's what okay. I just went through, but any movie yeah. that can make me feel that hard is um, it, it's automatic five stars. I can't, right. <clears throat> you know, there's kind of no question for me. 
cool. Um, how about you? What did you do? I'll, pro- I'll probably, I don't think I put anything on Letterboxd yet, but I think I'll probably do 4.5 at this mm-hmm. point. You know, yeah. like I kind of wanted to like see how this conversation was going to go a little bit just because I, um, I don't know. I was kind of like, I knew how great it was, but I also like, I don't know. I just, I wanted to talk it out. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to talk about. I've been so. wanting to talk about this movie since like two, three weeks ago when I saw it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about it. Me finally. too. Um, but yeah, so that's our review. Um, uh, so what do we have next coming up? We have uh, Godzilla versus King Kong coming up next week. Um, should be a less sad movie than this and more maybe more fun um or maybe not we'll see uh who I mean, do we know i don't think we know who's hosting next no week. we know we know oh we Come do on. okay we talked about this yeah um yeah i was i was working all day Godzilla so versus kong and uh you know it's gonna be straight up on hbo max or in theaters um but yeah brandon's gonna be the the host on this one i think derek's gonna be the number two mm-hmm. so cool. uh derek and brandon will be here next week unless things change but we're definitely doing uh godzilla versus kong mm-hmm. so um Big, big blockbuster. Yeah. Blockbusters are coming back. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who's going to win? I mean, if you had to put money on it. Yeah. I would say, how the hell is King Kong going to, how the hell is Kong going to be Godzilla? That just doesn't um, make sense. Well, to me. they made but, Kong a lot bigger than, but he doesn't have any special powers, does that's he? What I'm saying. He's just. That's what I'm saying. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. The movie is Godzilla versus Kong, not mm-hmm. King Kong. The last Godzilla movie was Godzilla King of the Monsters. So Yeah. Well if he's the king of the, the monsters if he's the king of the monsters, then you know, Godzilla's a monster. He's that's what I'm saying. So Kong's gonna beat him mm-hmm. and then and then he'll be King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say I haven't <laughs> uh the only Godzilla movie I have ever seen is Godzilla two thousand. <laughs> The Roland Emmerich one? Uh, yeah. Is that? Yeah, that I guess that is. Oh, that's ninety eight. I'm sorry, that's ninety eight. Never mind. The the, so, the one one? with Puff Daddy doing the soundtrack oh, that I bought. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I listened I to that, that album, that soundtrack, can, so hard. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Matthew Come Broderick. With me. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure you smash like that subscribe button and, uh, you know, leave a comment in the notification bell. Um, and I hope to see you guys next time. Peace out. Bye.